This show is being brought to you by Odds Hacker. Odds Hacker, consistent betting returns using easy-to-understand game-by-game analysis. Uh, sign up today for free access membership plans, including analysis for every game, detailed analysis for each individual game, including weather, year-to-date statistics, advanced stats, matchup history, and more. Your choice of 15 picks per week. That's the certified pick, Coach. You get a choice of 15 picks per week, spread, total, money line picks for up to five games each week for all available sports. Also, there's a weekly newsletter. The Odds Hacker Weekly Newsletter provides exclusive access to powerful insight, prop bet, recommendations, site feature updates, and more. They have premium membership plans that include certified betting uh, predictions as well as fantasy performance projections. So, again, this episode is being brought to you by Odds Hacker, sports analytics at its best. Now on to our show. Idaho comes to town today for a very important game, a bold, big game for our Tigers. Where could we play if we win? Who cares? We made it, which looked impossible at one point. So let's get together and cheer on our Tigers to make the postseason, whether it's Boise or Birmingham, Tempe or Tampa Bay. My Tiger pride is here to stay. War, damn eagle. Till the day I die. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'ma head out west where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press. Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint, buy an old drop top, find a spot. This is your boy Tight, and I got our main man, Coach Withers. Coach, how you doing? Hey man, I'm trying to make it, man. I'm 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 running left and right now and day, so uh see like I'm moving more now that football season no with than before. But I'm good, happy to be here. Another week of college football in the books. Well well, coach, I'm I'm trying to understand. You you had a week off. Uh, football season ended last week. True that. Why are you so busy? I don't. I, I my inner Clark Griswold on came out. I, I just yeah, my inner Clark Griswold. I literally just came in the house from 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 putting up my last few lights outside. We've been we've been we've been full tilt uh, Thanksgiving slag Christmas around here, man. Shopping and everything. It, it, it moved. I got me like a runaway slave around here right now. 12 years. No doubt. <laughs> we got a special guest today, Co. Yeah, we Coach, do, uh, man. Yeah, we do. We do, because I'm, I'm very interested in bringing this guy on. Uh, and the reason why is I actually met this guy. Coach, he's a season ticket holder uh, for the Washington Wizards. Okay, okay. You, you know, it's the Bullets. He's a Clemson alum. But more importantly, Coach, he is the founder of Odds Hacker, uh, one of the premier sponsors of the show. Uh, he, he he built it from ground up. 
you know. So I remember him him kind of talking about he had he was going to start this this new website and sports analytics and 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 gambling. He's a frequent visitor of Las Vegas. Coach, he he's Billy Waters. <laughs> 2015. <laughs> if you don't know who Billy Ward is, you might need to go Google 60 Minutes and learn about it. But uh, no further ado, I'd like to introduce the audience to a Clemson alum, a friend, season ticket holder, uh, Josh Terry. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man, we glad to have you, man. No doubt. Glad to have you. Davo and the Nay Nay. Absolutely. Davo and the Nay Nay too. Hey, I, I'll, I'll, I'll wait until the disappointments to really get into it, but uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that's all that's on the list. <laughs> now, now, uh, now, Davo and the Nay Nay is a very popular topic on this show. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm aware. I, and, and I love it um, until Desmond Howard did it. Oh, <laughs> Well, Desmond Howard had a little rhythm with it, didn't he? Or so Desmond says. <laughs> well, 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 Cole, let's get into this high school. You had an opportunity to, um, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we like to start the show off with, with, with a little high school football update. Uh, we, we typically talk about Alabama high school football, but Josh, if you, if you got some football, high school football stats or anything you want to share, Share with the audience from the Virginia area or Clemson, South Carolina area. Feel free. But, Coach, uh, did you have a chance to see a high school football game this week? I did. Um, uh, shout out to my brother Greg. Um, uh, he, he is one person that will follow follow us every Friday. So uh, this Friday I was off, so we traveled together. Um, it was a good opportunity to see the, uh, the Final Four for 7-8 was this past weekend. Uh, the team that put us out, McGill Tulane Catholic, was playing the number one team from our region, uh, Central Phoenix City Red Devils. Uh, so when I went to the state championship, when I get to go to the state championship game, so uh, the game was just down the road in Phoenix City, which is about uh, 25, 30 minutes away. So we went down Friday night and uh, saw a – the score really doesn't show. Final score was like 26-21, if I'm not mistaken. But um, – in my opinion, it was a pretty dominant effort by McGill Tulin, uh, which is the team that put us out last week. Um, they kind of controlled the ball game from start to finish. Uh, it was a tale of two different teams. Uh, Central was more of a very athletic team, kind of, and they kind of rested on those things, rested on the fact that uh, of their athleticism. And McGill Tulin was a team where you go out and you watch them, and there, there's not that. 6-5 D1 prospect or that 4-3 guy, and, and but they all play team ball. Uh, they all play together, uh, play as one unit, um, not many penalties and things like that, and um, they ended up winning the football game. I, this is I can't remember the last time they've been to a state championship game, uh, but they will be playing Spain Park, uh, which beat uh, the, the, the powerhouse in the state of Alabama, Hoover, for the second straight time. Uh, Hoover, and I, and I think that's the story. That's the story of the weekend, and Spain yes. Park uh, upsetting Hoover Spain, for two, two times two in one season. Yeah, um, season yeah. The interesting thing was Hoover led that game about three to nothing for the majority of the game. Big time defensive effort by both teams. 
Hoover ended up kicking another field goal late in the game. They were winning 6-0 to zero late into the fourth quarter. I want to say it may have been like two or three minutes left in that ball game. And um, Spain Park quarterback threw a what would look like a fadeaway uh, pass from about the 15-yard line, got tipped by a Hoover defender, and landed right in the hands of a Spain Park kid for the touchdown and the go-ahead extra point, and they ended up winning 7-6. to six. So uh, in two weeks, uh, those two teams square out for the state championship game. Uh, I'm on, Me and my brother going to try to make a game, one, one of the state championship games, either the 7A or the 6A. We're going to figure out which one we want to go see. Uh, that'll be in, at the University of Alabama. Uh, but uh, another good weekend. All the local schools are out right now around this this area. So right now it's just for the love of the game. But uh, good football season, man. Ready to see how it ends. Is is is, is Barker isn't in Barker coaching over there in Spain Park? I think so. There is one big name coach. I can't remember what it is. It Barker or who? But yes, there is a coach. There is one big name coach that's on that Spain Park staff. I can't remember which one it was, but you may be correct. Yeah, I think it's Jay Barker. So, so Josh, just to give you some context, we like to talk about this high school football not only because coach talks, uh, coach coaches high school football in the in the in the in the largest division in the state of Alabama, but but we have rivalries and we have um, with me being from South Alabama, the southern part of Alabama. Mobile, McGill Tulin, uh, who is a Mobile team. My mother actually graduated from Bishop Tulin. Um, well, she graduated from McGill Tulin, but at one point it was Bishop Tulin. Uh, we we have a, I have a little a little. Uh, what's the right word, Coach? I got a little bragging rights, I guess I could say. Oh no doubt. With Southern team beating over the the Central Alabama team, which is which is where Coach is from. It's been a long – I can't remember. I'm trying to remember when the last time, you know, I think it might have been Daphne maybe, the last time yeah, a Daphne, team from from Southern uh, Alabama uh, ended up in the in the championship game. So props to McGill. Um, uh, they got a good football team, man. It wouldn't shock me at all if they won it all. Should be a good game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're excited about that. Uh, any high school football uh, in the Virginia area, uh, are they still even playing high school football in Virginia, Josh? Uh, no, they cut it out in uh, 2013. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. No, so I, here's my here's my high school football shout out. It's a bit of a stretch, but bear with me. Jameis Winston, uh, your boy Jameis Winston. That's an Alabama guy, yeah. Famous. Alabama high school legend, no doubt. Yes, he threw uh, he threw passes that were completed to six different receivers today. Wow. Touchdown. Five of them. Touchdown five, passes or a pass? five touchdown passes in the game, but he threw there were six different receivers who caught passes. Wow. So I want I want to just, you know, in the in the spirit of all this, I want to bring it full circle. The only one of those receivers that didn't catch a pass, Adam Humphreys, Clemson University. <laughs> he had four targets for fifty yards though, so that's not gonna do much for you in fantasy or uh or anything else, but not a chance. Man is, is holding it down. He's the fifth best receiver on our team for a long time. Oh. I'm proud to say that uh, that was as, as close to full circle on Alabama high school football as I could come. Oh, Congra- congratulations <laughs> to Clemson for for putting wide receivers in the NFL. Hey, they've, they've got a couple. Hey, man. They have. They they, they they do have a couple. Oh, Sammy White. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. He is on my fantasy team. Isn't that a Clemson guy? Yes, sir. He had a monster day for you today. He had a monster day today. He was able to catch a 60-yard bomb on uh, Revis, Revis Island. Um, well, I think, Coach, I think Revis Island is is kind of going away from us. Um, Revis Peninsula now. Yeah, it's a pen- yeah pretty much. <laughs> it's a canal. Go, <laughs> go, that's all on high school. That's all you got. Oh, we got breaking news, breaking news. Uh, we got breaking news. I need some breaking news music. Uh, Kyle Bush wins the Sprint Cup Championship. I don't know what that had to do with D1 Sports <laughs> Talk, but yes. Let's go to the next part of the show, next segment. Uh, Josh, as you know, in the next segment, we like to do something called shout-outs and disappointments. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to participate in this particular portion of the show. Uh, but we always like to start with Coach. Coach, can you kick us off with disappointments for the week? All right, disappointments for the week. Number one, go to U-S-C-E, little e. Uh, where do we go from here, South Carolina? Where do we go from here? Uh, who you going to get as a coach? Who wants the job? That's another question we need to ask. But, um, I mean, the only way to salvage anything that has happened this year is to go out and beat Dabo and the Clemson Tigers, and I just don't see that happening. So, next, I'm going to go with uh, uh, um, Oklahoma State for falling short of the prize. Uh, I just felt like they didn't come out and match the the momentum and and, and the um of the other team that they were playing. You know, I thought Baylor came out inspired. Uh, felt like they had an opportunity to do something and to try to prove something. And I just don't think uh, Oklahoma State matched their intensity during the game. So uh, a little bit disappointed in that. Uh, they did try to fight back and uh, make a game of it, but um, that Baylor um, that Baylor offense and uh, was just too much to deal with. Um, my next disappointment is to Ezekiel Elliott and 12 Gage. Uh, guys, we have got to control our emotions after the game. Uh, 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 there are numerous opportunities and in, in, in times where uh, the ball don't necessarily bounce our way. You know, we don't get enough touches. Uh, but in front of the media, uh, especially when your season is not over, is the wrong time and place to uh, voice those opinions. Uh, social media uh, also is not the best platform to go and get that done. Um, uh, it's not about you. It is about the team. It's okay to sit there and talk about how you feel like your team didn't meet expectations, but to start calling people out, uh, you better hope you don't make any more mistakes from here on in uh, if you're going to call somebody out about not doing that. So very disappointed in that. And last but not least, uh, disappointment to the Houston Cougars. Cougars, to, to, to what Houston did this weekend by losing that game uh, cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, uh, you know, they're they trying to make a big bowl um, and, and, and to lose a game. It's already hard for a team like Houston to, to make a, a major bowl game. But to lose one game, I mean, they have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars for the league and their school. Um, 
Uh, Houston was the last team that could get that done in that league, and uh, and uh, they ended up uh, dropping the ball on Saturday. So, um, uh, very disappointed in the Cougars for not standing up for the league. Uh, but great season on their part thus far. That's all my disappointments. Josh, would you like to join in on this on this on this segment of disappointment? I would. Um, so I've got I've got the SEC East as my biggest disappointment. Uh, disappointment um, in general, right? I, I think across the board. Uh-oh. Uh oh. That the that's SEC East is making the SEC look pretty rough. I don't think that's a fast statement, but we can definitely debate that. I, and I'm happy to. The SEC um, got the entire SEC East as a big disappointment. Absolutely. Um, Florida struggled to get past Florida Atlantic and it's proven that they've got one of the least reliable offenses in the country and they're the shining star, right? Georgia crept past Georgia Southern. Tennessee looked okay uh, in a win, but you know, they were supposed to have one of the better offenses in the SEC and didn't really do much. And then Vanderbilt is your next best team in the SEC East. Take, take it down from there. Kentucky, Missouri, and South Carolina I don't really need to get into too much. Um, other than my first shout-out, which is the Citadel. Amen. The Citadel. As a Clemson guy, I had to, right? Amen. I'm listening. So, so your disappointment goes to the SEC East. Absolutely. I mean, I, I expected a lot out of Georgia and Tennessee this year. Florida's overachieved, but their offense is really weak. I just don't, I don't, think, that they're, I don't think they're representing what is supposed to be the best conference in football. I can't argue with you. Do you have any more disappointments, Josh? Uh, yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm disappointed in both of the 12s. Um, I'm not talking about Texas A&M. Uh, I'm talking about the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Come on, son. First of all, let me tell you something. Uh, both of the prime time. This is your chance to show everyone that you're not just basketball on turf. Uh, showcases for the Big 12 last night. They did prove that it wasn't basketball on turf, but not in a good way. Um, uh, each of the teams pretty much played backups the whole game. Boykin wasn't there. Mayfield got hurt early. Um, you know, the, the Oklahoma State-Baylor game, not great. You've got a third stringer in now for, for Baylor, and Shock Linwood got hurt. Um, Oklahoma State looked you know, really good up until um, you know, the start of last week's game. They made an epic comeback um, and then you know, obviously came out pretty flat um, yesterday, and that was pretty disappointing. So – you know, I, I think uh, I think those guys really need um, you know this week as their showcase um, and, and the following. But um, you know, Oklahoma is the Big 12's hope to go. Uh, and you know, to extend on that, I said the 12s, uh, the Pac-12 has has been pretty much a pillow fight this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Stanford looks like they're going to take it, but um, not not just because they've uh, you know dominated the the conference. They're uh, they're looking poised to be um, included in, uh, I guess, the frustrations that uh, the Baylors and TCUs of the world had last year. So the fact uh, we might only have three Power Five conferences. Go ahead, coach. Go ahead. And, and Oregon probably playing as good as anybody in the Pac-12 right now. Of the, over the last few weeks, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but they, right, they lost some games early. Right. That have kind right. Of put them in a position where they can't really help themselves. True that. So the Pac-12 has been a slumber, a, a, a woman slumber party, a pillow fight. That's right, a pillow fight where where they've been reading Judy Bloom books and hitting each other with fluffy pillows that have feathers that come out at the end of the evening. Right, Ryan Gosling is in a Nicholas Sparks movie about the Pac-12 this year. Amen. 
coat. Oh, I got a few disappointments. Uh, <laughs> LSU, let's mind. I was on the bandwagon. I believed in you. You let me down the past three weeks, and and because of that, I was I was given an honorable mention, uh, or I was given a big disappointment for being on the bandwagon. Uh, but I was hoping that you would would show the haters uh, that you were for real. But unfortunately, you were not able to pull it off against Ole Miss, and I've added you to the big disappointments. Uh, The Auburn Tigers for the fake punt. Why are we having a fake punt against Idaho? I have no idea. But in the middle of the field, uh, Gus Malzahn decides to call a fake punt, which was successful. But if we run in fake punts versus Idaho, uh, then we have a very long week next weekend when we have to play against the Great Wall of Tuscaloosa. Uh, Vanderbilt, I've been on your bandwagon for weeks now, but you let me down because you, you decided not to even show up Saturday night uh, with a 25-0 loss to Texas A&M. Uh, I, I was very disappointed at that performance and not even sure why you got on the bus. Big 12 quarterbacks. Uh, oh. just a, a Ohio, Urban Meyer. That was piss-poor performance that led to a piss-poor effort and gave piss-poor results. Urban Meyer, you're on the list. And last but not – well, actually, I got Kirk Herbstreit and the Ohio State tie that he wore in the booth. Uh, announcers should not show any type of allegiance to any program. And during the game, Chris Fowler and Kerb Herbstreet were calling the Ohio State-Michigan game. And when they showed a view a viewpoint from the booth, I did notice Kerb Herbstreet's tie, which was in the colors of Ohio State. And because of that, Kerb Herbstreet, you and your tie are in the disappointment list. And last but not least, honorable mention, disappointment goes out to Coach. Um, coach, not going to put all your business out there, but this is in relations to college pickums, and that's all I got to say. Feel free to let the audience know why you're on the, why you're on the list if you want to, but you, had, you did make the honorable mention this week, Coach. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> coach has not paid his college pickum dues, and, uh, and uh, Coach is way behind due. But my college pick of money will be in by the time this, this podcast is dropped. Guilty. And I have no idea. I have no idea why it's so hard Guilty. for individuals to pay their dues on time. Guilty. Guilty. So, Coach, I had to ask you to the honorable mention next week. If your dues ain't been paid, then you will be taking off the honorable mention and you will be a big disappointment for the week. Much do, much do, much do. All right, go let's get into these shout-outs. Shout-outs? Shout-outs. I think my theme this coming up week going to be hashtag dream killer. <laughs> Shout-out to the Iowa Hawkeyes, 11 and 0, 7 and 0 in the league. They get by Nebraska, and they put themselves in a position to cause chaos. Okay, can I hear everybody say let's go champ one time? Can I hear let's go champ? Can I hear let's go champ? Let's go champ. Germany. Let's go champ. Let's go champ. Uh, our hashtag dream killer.
you got a chance to shake up America. Good luck on that hour. Uh, congratulations to you for running the tables thus far. I'm going to give a shout out to KD Cannon. Exploded for uh, five receptions, 210 yards and two touchdowns. And Baylor's victory against Oklahoma State. Um, I want to give a shout out to Coach D- Mark D'Antonio, uh, Michigan State, uh, for their big win over Ohio State. Uh, it's kind of ironic that uh, they beat a team that was uh, not only won that championship last year, but got a whole lot of publicity for playing a whole bunch of quarterbacks. And they ended up getting down to their second and third stringers in order to win the game. Uh, so shout out to coach, uh, coach that I really like. Uh, great effort by his team. Uh, great game plan. Obviously, their game plan worked. Ohio State game plan did it. Um, shout out to Ole Miss uh, for treating LSU like a second-class citizen. Uh, LSU was um, uh, has catfished a lot of people this year. And uh, shout out to Ole Miss for not falling into the trap. Uh, Next, y'all ever seen y'all ever seen like the little game or like pranks when people like when some you see somebody walking down the street and you stop the car and you tell them come on they can ride, and then when everybody then when they get there everybody just pull off and then stop again and let them run up and pull off on them like that. Y'all ever seen that before? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Shout out to Texas for mashing the gas on Vanderbilt. Um, Vanderbilt, uh, has been up and down this year. Vanderbilt has, has spent a lot of time running up to the cars this year and, uh, Texas and them put their foot on the gas and, um, blew black smoke in their face. Uh, but look on the bright coat, side. A coat, a coat, a coat. What, what, what was the fact that I gave last week about Vandy? I don't remember. They got just as many SEC victories as Auburn Tigers. This is true. But uh, look on the bright side, Vanderbilt fans. You know, we all know that back football season is just a warm-up, you know, just to get everybody ready for what really drives Vanderbilt. As the season goes, as the school year goes on, the, 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 the chest of Vanderbilt fans just get a little wilder. Basketball will be next, then baseball. So, so better days are coming, Vanderbilt fans. Just hang on. And my last honorable mention shout outs, shout out to two guys. We're going, we're about to get ready to lose here in college football, Frank Beamer and uh, Gary Pinkle. Uh, uh, I think their teams played with as much inspired effort as they could these, this past uh, week to try to get those coaches victories, but hashtag dream killer shout out to UNC and Tennessee for not letting them win. That's it for my shout-out. That's, that's a very good shout-out because I actually had uh, Frank Beam on mine because uh, what he's done for the for the game of college football. So I second that shout-out. Uh, Josh, what you got? Any shout-outs? I got to piggyback Frank Beamer. Um, guy's a legend in uh, you know, 29 years at your alma mater. Uh, and to have the, you know, the the record he's had, it's, it's impressive. So, Coach, I agree with you there. Um, my other shout-out is for Hugh Freeze's ability to recruit. Uh, there is a strong chance that there will be three top-ten draft picks from Ole Miss. Okay, can I hear everybody say let's go champ one time? Can I hear let's go champ? Can I hear let's go champ? Let's go champ. Germany, let's go champ. Let's go champ. Next year's draft. Top-ten. Top-ten. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Who I, I know we got the left tackle. Larry Mitonzo, Robert Kim Dietje, and Treadwell. That's true. That's true. I don't think Treadwell would be a top ten pick. Oh no. is built like Ooh. Megatron mixed with Larry Fitzgerald. Oh no, tight. That's that's a good pick. He might be the tenth, but he's. He's got a chance to be a top ten guy if he has a good combine. That, I definitely see the I definitely see uh the other two. Definitely see them as top ten picks. But I I sorry to interrupt your shout outs. Continue, Josh. No, no worries. Those those were my two big ones. I and I've actually got to disagree with uh one of Coach's disappointments. I, I actually loved Ezekiel Elliott's comment, comments. Um not as um a fan of respect or as a fan of college football or as a former youth coach. I hated it for all those reasons. Um, I liked it because it just brings some drama into what's kind of been the golden child of the Big Ten. No doubt. Um, it really gives everybody uh, an opportunity to kind of see uh, what happens when, uh, you know, people fall from grace. So yeah. I appreciate that we can all see and kind of look at, um, you know, what's happening now at, at Ohio State when they were, again, were the golden children of, uh, of college football for quite a bit of time. Um, and actually, one one real quick one on the on the Big Ten subject. Uh, Carl Nassib is the uh, the the leader in all of college football in sacks. He's got 15 and a half sacks this year. Um, he's a senior at Penn State. He's one of like six freshmen that stayed after uh, Paterno left, uh, and it was a walk on, and has got himself a scholarship and is now leading the country in sacks. So shout out to him as well. He's doing big things and shout out. You know, obviously showed quite a bit of loyalty. So I think that's I think that's awesome. No, oh, doubt. it is. It is very 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 um <clears throat> very good good shout out and and bring some um some some light to that to that story um josh shout out our enough said shout out south side charges coach you know who the south side caught charges are enlighten me josh have you ever heard of the south side charges i have not you need to grow all attackers and learn about them uh, little league football, Typha League, a uh, group of guys that I coached with when I coached Little League in Houston. Uh, they won their first playoff game in the Typha League. The Typha League is the same league you see on Spike TV during the uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, so they advanced to the second round, and they will be playing the number one rated team in Typha next week. Uh but I have a lot of pride and I have a lot of confidence that the Southside Chargers will pull it off. Okay, can I hear everybody say let's go champ one time? Can I hear let's go champ? Can I hear let's go champ? Let's go champ. Germany, let's go champ. Shout out goes to Canelo. Canelo was victorious over Miguel Cotto over the weekend. I did purchase that fight for $69.99. I should have added Comcast to the big disappointment list for the for the cost of that fight, but shout out. Were you satisfied? Was I satisfied? Oh, I enjoyed it. Did you see the fight? I did not. I I, I stopped buying fights after how unsatisfied the world was with the uh, the Mayweather fight. Well, I, I that's that's another that's 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 another. <laughs> but 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 for that particular fight, it, it was a good fight. They they was aggressive, but it was very obvious that Cotto. Um, was not going to be able to hurt Canelo. Uh, he just Canelo, just a bigger guy, uh, had a lot more um, sharper punches, a lot more power in his punches, and Cotto just was a, was 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 smaller, and 
and really couldn't couldn't even seize the moment. I, I gave um, I gave Cotto three rounds, um, but that was me being generous. Shout out, as you stated earlier, Coach Frank Beamer, but I want to add Mark D'Antonio to that list. Uh, I think he did an outstanding job this week uh, with being able to upset Urban Meyer away. Um, and so I thought that was a big victory for Michigan State. And, Coach, I got an honorable mention shout-out, Coach. Roll with it. Coach, uh, oh, yesterday, uh, went to the mailbox, opened the mailbox, and inside my mailbox I had two large envelopes from the University of Houston. Um, Just last week I said that if I did not receive uh, those envelopes, then I would uh, stop honoring or stop uh, shouting out the University of Houston, uh, but they fulfilled their promise, and I did receive uh, my product management certificate from five years ago, uh, which I should have received in 2010, um, but I did receive it on yesterday, two of them, um, because I complained multiple times, and they wanted to make certain they send another copy, and both copies came on the same day, so... Honorable mention shout-out goes to the University of Houston, even though those guys lost. So I guess I owe them some alumni dues. Yeah, you got to pay some, bro. Well, I told them I would pay. I would I would consider paying some alumni dues if I received my certificates, and they came in the mail. So uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to an uh, honorable mention shout-out to the University of Houston and their business program. So that concludes our shout-outs for the week. Um, Coach, you got a little lead tip of the week? Yeah, man, just something pretty simple. I know I know football season is really winding down. But, um, you know, I've been around some guys now, and um, I, I kind of hear this talk. Um, uh, America, coaches, little league coaches, as we, we, we transition into basketball season, please refrain from, from, from meeting in these back alleys um, meeting at the cookouts and 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 going going behind those to try to get over on the little league system. <laughs> it is not kosher to stack teams. <laughs> you, 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 you use football season to identify athletes or new kids that have moved into your area and to try to beat the league, all you want to do is go and get all the daddies to agree to be on your coaching staff. Jackie Robinson. Yeah, you you can't get, why why should Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker, (laughs) Frank Thomas, and, and Charles Barkley all coach on the same team? Just so they all, all they kids can play on the same team. We got to stop doing this, guys. Where's the competition factor? Y'all just want to go out there and beat everybody uh, 15 to, to 40 in basketball, little league, wreck ball. So, so please stop meeting these back alleys with your money handshakes and things. You're trying to get all the all the best athlete daddy to be on your staff, just so your team be stacked. 
So they can't tell you y'all can't play together just to get a competitive advantage. You know, you know your you know your child doesn't have the same address as the head coach of that team. He's not living there. You know he lives across the city. And you know that according to the his zip code, he should be playing for the Saints. But now all of a sudden he he's relocated to the same address as the head coach who coaches for the Falcons. Now somebody in the league gotta be mandating this stuff. See that that's see Jackie Robinson. Coach, Coach, that's the Jackie Robinson Little League team out in Chicago. You see, remember those guys? Yeah. See round here, oh, see round here, this area ain't that this area ain't that big, so it ain't like that. Round here, all all the daddies with the best athletes try to coach together. Cause see, coach. You, your, your son can always play on your team. So all all the best athlete daddies try to get the daddies, they're gonna get together. And one of them, one like long as one of them get to be the head coach, he gonna make sure all his assistants. He gonna try to go and find the best one he can find to be his assistant coaching, just so they can stack their team. Come on, guys. Come, Come on, on, guys. Come on, guys. Josh, you got anything you want to add to that, Josh? I just want to know why does your little league basketball team have more assistant coaches than you have players on the floor? Hey, man. You got six assistant coaches, each of which with a kid on the team. Hey, man. You got five guys on the court. Come on, guys. Come, Come on, guys. guys. Let's, let, 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 let's have a little competition. And, and, and along those sportsmanship, Coco, you're kind of talking about sportsmanship to a certain degree. I want to add to that little lead tip. Um, it really disturbed me over the weekend talking to a, high, talking to a little lead football coach. And in, and in some states, um, they're in the playoffs and wrapping up playoff victories and and losses and trying to advance to the Super Bowl. Coaches, America, come on, guys. You can't allow your kid because you upset you lost the game. Now you don't want to line up at the 50-yard line and shake their hands. You know it's tradition after every game. You line up at the 50-yard line, and you walk across, and you shake the hand, and you say, good game. Now just because... You was the number one team in the league, and you was upset by the number four team in the league. That don't give you the right to tell your kids to run over there to the end zone and take off their equipment. Coaches, mm. 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 line them up on the 50 and, and, and tell them to walk across and shake the other team hand. Those guys are excited. They fought just as hard as you fought. And they upset the number one team, but you still have to show sportsmanship and understand that you can't win every game. So whether it's the championship or it's the first game of the season, you when you was winning, you wanted to line up at the fifty yard line and shake everybody's hand. Front runner. You wanted to, when you was winning every game and and you had the number one running back and you was going and being team by twenty one points and. You want to line up and shake everybody's hand, but now that you lost, you don't want to shake everybody's hand. You want to tell your kids to run over there to the end zone and get on one knee and take off their equipment. Uh. You can't do that, coaches. Uh, uh, uh. And that's all I got. That's all I got. To, to the little league coaches in America, now we don't give y'all a bunch of stuff this year. But y'all got to take it and apply it. 
I think the common theme here is that there's more that these kids need to understand and need to learn besides X's and O's. And they need to understand how to lose, how to win, things of that nature. You know, a lot of times kids will lose a game and it's always an excuse. Sometimes you got to be able to just stand there and say they were just better than I was. That team was just better than us. It's not always a ref did this or somebody didn't do that. Sometimes you just lose to a better team. But um, uh, coaches, y'all got to apply these things now because we done gave y'all some good stuff this year. We really did. We really did. So I, I really enjoyed this little lead tip of the week. Um, and hopefully the coaches are listening at some of these things that we've shared and you start applying them. But you just have to teach better sportsmanship. So that, that that's enough on that topic as we transition. Josh, we like to do, um, now that they got the, 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 the college playoff committee in full effect, uh, we like to use this opportunity to kind of share our top four teams and then we can kind of debate and, and discuss those. But I'd like to give you an opportunity, since you're the guest on the show, the co-host on the show today, to talk about your your top four teams. And if you got some analytics or some stats to go with that, definitely share that with our audience. So we'll we'll start off with you, starting at number four and working your way to number one. Uh, I've got uh, I've got Notre Dame. Uh, I appreciate that they've created uh, the most unique phrase that I've ever heard, uh, which is. Um, Quality loss. Uh, I didn't know that that was a thing, uh, but I like it. Um, you know, you, you generally hear about things like um, quality win uh, or strength of schedule, but no, quality loss. That's uh, that's a new one. I like it. Um, well, they lost to Clemson on the road in hurricane-like terrain. So you, I, I'm glad you bring that up. So. Uh, there is a, there's an advanced stat, an advanced metric that's called game control. Um, so you've probably seen, uh, you know, on SportsCenter, they flash this uh, dialogue box up that says something about win probability at a specific time in the game. Uh, well, so at e- after each play during the game, uh, your you know, a team's win probability goes up or down based on how well they're controlling the game, how likely they are to win. Um, that statistic is calculated over every game that's been played, and then it's compared to every other top 25 team, and it, it, it's then ranked in the country, right? Uh, so Notre Dame's sixth in game control. Um, Clemson, Clemson is number one. But if you look at that one game, their quality loss, um, Clemson was winning 21-3 to until the start of the fourth quarter. Those are a bunch of big plays late. Um, Notre Dame absolutely made it a game and could have tied the game with the two-point conversion late. Um, and the fact that either of those teams did uh, you know, what, they, what they were able to do on offense um, in, the, in the monsoon that was going on there was impressive, don't get me wrong. Um, I still think the, the phrase quality loss is ridiculous. Um, my number three team is Oklahoma. Um, I think even bringing in their backup quarterback, who they had – Tons of trouble with last year, um, not as a human being, but just getting their offense going. Um, they started with the, you know, they've got a new offensive coordinator this year. Uh, under the same vein as your the, the concept of a quality or a tough loss, you know, I, I don't think that we'd have really held um, North Carolina's loss to Virginia Tech against them 
if it was a rivalry game, but because it wasn't, it, it you know it, it didn't look great. Thankfully, North Carolina won. We don't have to worry about that. Um, Oklahoma's loss to Texas looks bad on paper. Rivalry games shouldn't be part of that equation, in my opinion. Um, I think they're really executing well. Love Baker Mayfield. Samaj P. Ryan is one of the better running backs in the country. Um, they overall, as a team, have, have looked very impressive, especially since that Texas game. Um, again, even um, you know with half of their team. Um, not being able to, to, to fully go uh, in their game last night. Uh, number two, uh, I've got the, uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, there's a little bit of, of homerdom here uh, in, in that pick uh, because, quite frankly, statistically, uh, they, they are one of the more impressive teams. They've got the toughest record um, in the country uh, according to strength of record. Uh, which is another advanced uh, metric that uh, essentially evaluates how other top 25 teams would compete against the record that, uh, that they've got given the competition. And they're number two in game control. Uh, and number one, I've got the, the Clemson Tigers. Uh, I've got a route for them. I, I, booked, my, I booked my flight to Glendale already, um, so I've, I've got to stick by that, right? No doubt. Um, no doubt. There you get, I hope you booked it with Southwest because I think that's the only airline that gives you a refund. Ironically, I did book it with Southwest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a traveler's pro tip. I like it. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. We'll, we'll debate that your top four here in a minute. Uh, I am interested in hearing coaches' top four. All right, well, I'm going to start off with uh, number four. I'm putting Notre Dame. Uh, you know I'm a closet Notre Dame fan. Uh, I think they've been playing pretty good here lately. I just don't know really. You know, that next championship game against Alabama showed me something about about the type of players that they have. Um, I understand that they've tried to recruit better kids, and from that standpoint, bigger, faster, stronger. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes they, just, they struggle a little bit. You know, some of those games are rival games for them, so I just don't know how they're really going to stack up. So uh, Next, I'm going to go with Oklahoma also. I think they're playing uh, very good football right now. Um, uh, they got they're a little banged up right now in some spots, so we'll see how that that works out in their favor here coming up. Uh, got Clemson second. Uh, I really don't have an argument about anything about them except I just again sort of like Notre Dame. I just don't know how they're gonna stack up against a physical team like my number one team, Alabama. But uh, the, the like I always say, you know, tight. You know this. Uh, it all worked itself out, and we'll we'll see if everybody keep keep pushing forward. I, I find it interesting, especially from you, Coach, um, and, and 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 you'll hear why here in a minute. Um, how how you all would, would be able to place Oklahoma ahead of Notre Dame, given the head to head. Texas, both opponents played the University of Texas, led by Charlie Strong soon to be head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, one team beat them, the other team lost to them. How can you put, regardless of all of this rivalry and all that mess, if I'm playing head-to-head, you have to put one over the other, right? Josh, you want to go? Or... Uh, yeah, I, I just, I just, I'll just ask a question back to you. Um, how many games did Virginia Tech lose last year? No, just answer the question. Yeah. How many how many games did Virginia Tech lose last year? Not a rebuttal to a rebuttal. This is I mean this is Well know, no, but but I mean the, the question does answer your question. 
But um, I, I, the head-to-head only matters if um, it's late in the season and it shows current form. And I don't think that the Texas game shows current form for either team, but I definitely don't think it shows current form for Alabama. If they play that game nine more times, Oklahoma wins it nine more times by a comparable margin to what um, Notre Dame did. But, I think the difference that you, that you have there is that, A, it's a rivalry game, B, it was much earlier in the season, um, and, and C, you know, let's see, you, fork- you know, head-to-head re- uh, record against well, what's the purpose isn't of- the only factor. But what's- That's, those are the three things that I think make it irrelevant. What's the purpose of, of, of having a head-to-head factor if you're not even going to apply it? My top four, let me give you my top four. My top four is Notre Dame comes in at number four. The Iowa Hawkeyes make my top four at number three. Clemson, um, by by default, moves up a position with the loss of Ohio State. Um, but, again, um, I don't know, Josh, if you've listened to this show, but I predicted two weeks ago that Gene Cheesenip, as we like to call him, Defense coordinator of North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, we predicted on this show that the Tar Heels will upset Clemson in the ACC championship game. Um, so this is why this is why I had concerns with with you booking a flight to Glendale. Uh, but by your reasoning, given given that even if North Carolina beats Clemson, if Clemson wins next weekend against South Carolina, Clemson's still better than North Carolina. And by your reasoning. And number one, Amen. number one, uh, no, you can't use that reasoning. But number one is, is the Great Wall at Tuscaloosa and Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, I just don't see anybody beating them. Um, but but more to come when we do our picks at the end of the show. He, uh, but going back by my reasoning, no, by my reasoning, in head-to-head, um, I said that North Carolina is going to beat Clemson in the championship. Okay, but what he's saying is North Carolina and Clemson will have the same record. So by default, Clemson will still be better than North Carolina. No, but, but, the, but it's the championship game. You have to go, the committee goes by championship game. This is the reason why I would be interested to see if Notre Dame makes the the tournament, if Notre Dame wins out, because they would not have won a, a, a championship. That's the reason why the Big 12 didn't make it last year. Right, he, they didn't have a championship game. He got my spiel on all this. He got my spiel on all this. I really. What, what, I'm, hold on, what I'm suggesting is that North Carolina is going to beat Clemson in the ACC championship, which is going to eliminate Clemson from, the, from the, the top four. And if that happens, then ACC gets left out. But go ahead, Coach. All right, Here, here's my speech. I'm going to ask y'all one question, but I'm going to answer the question. The, we have a committee, and at the end of the year, the committee is supposed to put the four best teams in the playoff by their opinion. Correct. But they also – but 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 yeah. it, it's, either, it's, either, it's either yes or no. Yes or no, Ty. No, it's not. And at, one of the, one of the rules the did that. No, because one of the oh rules my is that God. you have to be a conference champion. Okay, so I, that is I, I, okay, listen, scratch that then, scratch that, scratch that. Okay, listen, scratch that, scratch that. That's a misconception, actually. No, that's so, in the rule. So Jeff Long is the, uh, is the chairman of the committee, right? He was on ESPN Radio this week. He said that the conference championship game is only factored when you're looking at comparable teams. When the two teams are exactly the same except for that factor, that's when that gets looked at. Okay, I agree with that. 
I okay. agree with that. Okay, so, so the same thing goes for head-to-head record that, that, that as well, apply, for what it's worth. But that would be applied. So in the case of what you just said, Josh, mm-hmm. if Notre Dame doesn't have a, a, a conference championship but North Carolina has the same record, then they're going to get a head-to-head to, to Notre Dame. If but they if feel like the teams are going against Clemson, who has a, a championship, then Clemson's going to get the nod. Go ahead, Coach. That's if you listen to what he said. That's if they determine that the teams are inseparable in any other kind of way. Exactly. But the conference championships are going to get the nod. All right, but listen, okay. Even if you include conference champions, even if you include conference champions, the committee is supposed to find the four best teams, correct? Correct. All right. Now, let's say Oklahoma win win the Big 12. Let's say. Let's say North Carolina wins the ACC. At the end of the year, if the committee feels after all the games, let let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. Oklahoma wins the Big 12. North Carolina wins the ACC. After every game is played, the committee has to sit down and put what they consider the four best teams in. If they feel like the entire body of work or Oklahoma is better than Notre Dame. Oklahoma goes. For, I don't think they really. I don't think head to head is that big of a factor. And when, when all the games have been played, it's the entire body of work. Entire body of work. That's that's the difference. It's also, it's also current form. Because if you remember last year when JT Barrett got hurt, the College Football Playoff Committee said that they would be they would account for that. And that if Cardell Jones hadn't looked like he looked in the two games that he or in the game he played prior to the selection, that would have impacted Ohio State. They would have been negatively impacted. So it's current form as well as entire body of work. That's true. That's so true. you could lose your first four games and then win out and look like the best team. You're not in because body entire body of work's part of the equation. However, w- when we look at individual factors that they evaluate, such as head to head. And this is all stemming from your question about how we can put Oklahoma ahead of Notre Dame. Oklahoma's loss to Texas in the bubble of head-to-head makes them worse than Notre Dame. But that's the same thing as saying that the Citadel is better than Vanderbilt. But how can you say, but how can you say that in current form that Oklahoma is playing better football than Notre Dame. I, think, I don't agree with that. I think Oklahoma I playing. Think I think Oklahoma playing better football than Notre Dame right now. I think they I look. Think so. I think they look I more think, dominant. I think they look more dominant. I don't think so. Notre Dame struggled with Boston College yesterday, cause Boston College. So let's not let's not allow a game against Boston College well, that, against Oklahoma. I mean, again, Oklahoma won the game. Because Gary Patterson went for two, and the guy luckily had his hand up, number 10, and was able to bat the ball down. Look, I don't. That was not impressive against a backup quarterback. I don't think Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's been dominant. I don't think Notre Dame's been more dominant. I don't think Notre Dame has looked more dominant than Oklahoma has this year. You want to introduce this new analytic called um, current form. And so what I'm suggesting is that you can't make the assumption that Notre Dame is better than Oklahoma based off current form. So for me, the only the differentiator is the head-to-head matchup because from a current form perspective, it's too subjective, and it's, it's, it's basically what I like over what you like. Well, 
then let's go back to the computers. If it's too subjective, it has to be subjective. Yeah, no, we hated the computers, right? No, but when you have the ability to rule out the computer based off head to head, then you do that. And I think that's the point of the committee. And that's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm saying Notre Dame is higher than Oklahoma. Because Notre Dame, you can't sit up here and say, if you can sit up here and argue with me and say, Oklahoma current form, which is the analysis that you guys are using, you can sit up here and say to me, current form, Oklahoma, but I say no. Current form to me, Notre Dame looks better. So we can say, okay, we can absolutely based off a current Are you familiar form. with the strength of record or game control metrics? Uh, that doesn't mean nothing to me. I'm not. Okay. I'm like. I'm like Charles Barkley. That analytics stuff is for people. Give it to him. Give it. Give it to us. Give it to us. Give it to us. I'm like Charles Barkley. And, give me the. Uh, give me the uh, numbers. Give me the numbers. Okay. Notre Dame is seventh in strength of record and sixth in game control. Oklahoma is third in strength of record and fifth in game control. And what does that mean? That means that they're better. Oklahoma is considered better in both of those metrics. And those metrics evaluate how a team handles their business. So we might as well go back to the computers then, right? No, but my point is that. No, you just gave me a computer statistic. You just gave, you gave me a head-to-head statistic. Yes, because right? that's something that, that's, that's, that's not Texas subjective. Texas games decided. That's, that's it. That's not subjective. No, what I'm deciding is saying, hey, based off the eyeball test, we both agree that current form, Notre Dame and Oklahoma are, are, head, are three and four. So we're saying that they're basically head-to-head because you can pick them either way. That's subjective. How many people but, on the committee? The, uh, huh? Twelve. Twelve people on the committee? Yes. That's why you take a vote. And in this situation, your vote, you would lose. <laughs> hey, hey, Josh. Let, 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 see, now we got see, see so... Josh, I don't know if you know this or not, but ESPN listens to our podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, they, I, I saw the I saw um, their discussions of uh, cheese was or cheese dip or whatever. Cheese, cheese dip. Yeah, <laughs> cheese nip. Cheese. We I got, like cheese whiz or cheese dip. Also, like the, that's more of me, like as a glutton than as a nickname type of thing. But. Cheese. We we uh, they listen to our show, so I'm pretty sure as you watch and listen to the debates next week. Um, I'm sure the same debate that's occurring on this show will occur on the Paul Feinbaum show as well as on <laughs> on ESPN. Roll tight, Paul. So we, we huh? Roll tight, and I, and I, I I'll say this too. Ask, ask Dan Mullen what it means to be ranked number one in the college football playoff before the end of the year. Hey, man. Hey, hey I'm telling you. Saul, I'm telling y'all. Look, dream. All day, uh, uh, hacker. Hashtag right. dream killer. I'm telling you, you watch, you watch these next two weeks. And that's watch. the best thing. It don't mean nothing because at the end of the, it, it, what really matters is that very last stat that you see um, after after uh, championship week. You watch. December 6th. That's the only time it matters. That's all it matters, which I will be attending the SEC championship game, Coach. I look forward to traveling to Atlanta to watch Alabama play the Florida Gators. Um I will be be at the game, so I'm excited for that um, because I'm a sports fan and I have tickets to the game. But, but Josh, I did want to leave this opportunity um, for you to talk about Oz Hacker, which is what we brought on the brought you on the show. Uh, but share with the audience 
your website and even give us some statistics and stats. Now, I will say this. I'm very impressed with the website, Coach. Um, I've used it the last two weeks um, to assist me with making picks on my Yahoo Pick'em group, uh, which is outside of the college, um, the ESPN Pick'em group that Coach, you and you associated with, but we do do a ATS. Coach, you know what ATS is, Coach? No, hold on. Against the spread. Because we do have a Yahoo Pick'em ATS group, uh, which I am currently ranked number two in that group. Um, I've had successfully picked 200 victories, uh, and the number one guy has 206, so I'm six picks away. So hopefully, odds hackers will assist me in catching this guy, Southpaw, um, and being able to get first place and win the six hundred and fifty dollars that are that are up for grabs um, in first place, second place gets two hundred and fifty dollars. So hopefully, I can at least get first or second place that contribute to my holiday shoppings this this season. Uh, but I've said enough because I am interested in allowing Josh to kind of talk about odds hacking, all due seriousness, and also share with the audience. Um, some stats uh, or interesting stat that you that that may be a good takeaway. Absolutely. So, uh, odds hackers, uh, something that that I uh, have developed and uh, and working with some some great partners over the uh, the last two years. Uh, it started with just a ton of research. Uh, I've got 38 years worth of uh, college football game data, team data, um, you know, down to the offensive and defensive coordinators, the weather, the playing surface the stadium capacity, renovations, um, stadium changes, things of that nature, um, mixed with uh, in more circumstantial things such as rivalry games, uh, what week of the year we're, you know, teams playing in. Um, all of those factors, it's about 108 total factors when you include uh, things like head-to-head record. Uh, those are all incorporated uh, in uh, our algorithm, which pumps out scores that we use to compare against the Vegas odds. Um, those are then turned into picks uh, that we provide through the website. Uh, the website uh, is www.oddshacker.com. Um, like we are hacking the odds, odds hacker. Um, beyond those picks, and those picks are provided for every game. Um, free members get access to five picks uh, or five games, uh, so up to 15 picks uh, each week. Uh, Beyond those picks, uh, our premium members uh, who have paid subscriptions would receive access to every pick for every game. Uh, so, so far this year, uh, our picks on every pick for every game, uh, we are we're about 50-50 on uh, picking against the spread, which, um, as, as a sports better would know, is uh, going uh, to let Vegas win. But we're, 50, we're over 55% accurate against the over-under, uh, which is actually beating Vegas. Um, and then our money line picks, we are over 77% accurate, uh, just picking the winner of those games. And again, that is every pick, every single game uh, for college football. Uh, the certified picks that I mentioned are significantly more accurate. Uh, we're 57% accurate against the spread, including 75% accurate last week. Uh, we're 60%, uh, actually 61% accurate uh, against the over-under, the total. Um, and it's, that's with 66% uh, last week. Uh, we are four out of six on those total picks, and then we're 86% accurate picking um, the winner of the game, the, the money line, 
Uh, and that's, uh, that's, again, those certified picks that we see. Um, total this year, we've had 495 certified picks, uh, cumulative accuracy of 80%. So now this algorithm is, has given us an opportunity to, um, on our own, uh, make some money gambling. And so we've, we've decided to turn it into uh, this website, uh, which, again, is available at oddshacker.com. Um, you know, those free memberships provide access to uh, to picks for five games a week, which will hopefully help uh, as they have with with tight in your uh, against the spread pools. So, so what's an interesting stat that you would like to? Because you've been doing this these statistics and and the analytics for like you said for years, um, and so um, just something recently. I'm not talking about going back to the basketball analysis that you that you've given me and you provided me, but more or less. Um, some of your recent blogs with the Heisman. Maybe let's go with the Heisman. Um, right now, looking at the Heisman, do you have any updated stats? Of them? I know I'm putting you on the spot, so if you don't. Yeah, no, no worries. So the only, the only people who still have a chance to win the Heisman uh, are Deshaun Watson, and I'm saying these in the order that I like them, not in an order of their likelihood. Uh, Derrick Henry uh, has a good shot, and Christian McCaffrey has a shot. Outside of that, there really aren't any candidates that have uh, much of a shot. Um, and that's based on both their statistical outputs uh, and based on what their teams have done. So the last time that a team uh, – or sorry, the last time a player in the Heisman with more than one loss was Johnny Manziel. Um, the last time that a team before that won it was Tim Tebow. We don't really have anyone who's done that kind of stuff this year. What about, what about um, Reynolds over at Navy? So Keenan Reynolds is going—he's going to be in the conversation, but he doesn't really have a chance to win it, uh, just based on the fact that no one watches Navy play. I think Keenan Reynolds is incredible. I think he's very, very impressive, and I really hope he gets invited. Um, I—I just, you know, the 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 midshipmen don't really have a big following outside of naval uh, alum and you know, sports nuts like us (laughs) who know a lot about him, but. But two guys uh, that you left off. Like the Heisman voters aren't always the you know, sports nuts like that. Two guys you left off, though, actually played this weekend who were considered to potentially be, be front runners, and that is Ezekiel Elliott and Baker Mayfield. And you so I, and you I, did, leave, I did leave off Baker Mayfield, um, and, and I shouldn't have. I think Baker's got a, he's got a shot. I think he'll be there. Um, He's he's actually had a pretty impressive year. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, after what just happened, he's essentially made himself a pariah. He won't get the votes. Um, you can't announce that you're leaving school with three game with up uh, with potentially three games left in your year, um, and go get Heisman votes from from folks. Um, actually, your 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 boy Cam Newton has already come out and said um, that he's going to be voting for Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun kind of. Quietly has been putting up some of the more impressive numbers in the country uh, at his position. And then the last person that that was left off that I'm interested in hearing about, will he even get a trip to New York? And that's Leonard Fournette. He should, um, but when I won't spoil my picks, but their win or loss record is going to make it tough for them to float a Heisman winner. Um, Fournette deserves a lot more love than he got. You just, you know, kind of like Ezekiel Elliott, you can't put up 30 yards in a the biggest game of your year. Right. Um, 
in, during a Heisman campaign. Those are the moments that matter. Those are the moments where you've got to shine if you want to win it. Your Heisman moments. Um, yeah. yeah, your Heisman moments, right? I mean, look at, look at Reggie Bush back-juking the entire uh, Fresno State team, right? I mean, that was his Heisman moment. Yeah. Um, but if they'd lost three games and, you know, if they'd lost the, the Bush-Push game and Reggie Bush had run for 25 yards, they probably don't win that game. Or he probably doesn't win the Heisman, excuse me. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff, Josh. Um, what sports, Josh? What what sports do you um can 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 the can the, um, the fans get um get access to on on your site? So we just launched the site um, a few weeks ago. Uh, it's again been in works for a while, but we just launched. Uh, we are only we only have college football right now. Mm -hmm. uh, however, golf, basketball, um, both pro and college for basketball, and then we're we'll be adding the NFL. Uh, those will be the, the sports provided uh, within the first year of, of the product. So, uh, again, we'll have the college football offering, the NFL um, offering, NBA, college basketball, as well as um, professional golf, PGA Tour. Uh, and we'll be launching a fantasy module as well. So for season-long leagues as well as folks that like uh, daily fantasy for as long as that's here to last, um, we will be providing projections as well as tools to help optimize lineups and things like that. I must say, man, um, I, I was just looking at your site, and um, I think you, you're jumping in at the right time because fantasy is really popping off right now. It's, uh, it, it is. Unfortunately, um, some folks have decided that uh, they want to bring it down, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but, but it's interesting you say that because, like you were saying, I don't even – I was talking – I, I might have even said this on a podcast a few weeks ago, but – in regards to the NFL, I, I don't even think I watch the NFL to see who wins anymore. I kind of watch to see what the players are doing now just for fantasy points. And that's, and that's really um, has been a shift for me personally compared to, like you just said, um, before fantasy, you would watch the game, you would, you would root for a team. And, but, but I find myself looking at, looking at the stats and looking at what the players, the individual players did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The box score has become far more relevant, um, you know, to more than just, you know, mom and dad who want to see how their kid did. Um, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive what it's done for the league. I mean, they're a lobbying firm specifically focused on fantasy sports and they've done a really good job. Um, Roger Goodell came out today and essentially said that daily fantasy is not the same as season long fantasy. So. It'll be really, really interesting to see what happens over the next couple months uh, with all that. Uh, there's a class action lawsuit in Florida. Um, but candidly, there, there's a little too much money in it, I think, to, to have it go away. So I think it's, it's here to stay in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it's just a matter of what it, what it looks like in its new form. So when are you looking to launch the next, the next sport? Uh, targeting launch golf with uh, its fantasy capabilities in January. Uh, and then uh, hopes to have the, the basketball uh, component of things out in time for uh, March Madness to help folks fill out their brackets. Sweet. Oh, that, that'll be interesting. No doubt. Before March Madness. That's the goal. We want to give, uh, we wanna give uh, Warren Buffett a run for his money. So. <laughs> That's good stuff there. That's good stuff there, Josh. We, and it's like I was saying, I, I – I remember you you sharing sharing that story that you had a dream of launching that site and to see it kind of 
um, to fruition and to see it actually live and, and, and available for for folks to sign up, I think that's pretty inspiring. So congratulations to you and to your team and to the folks over at Odds Hacker for putting together such a – I think it's a great site. Uh, I think the, the, the proof is going to be in the results and the certified picks, but from the numbers you, you gave us earlier, it sounds like uh, to our listeners, if you go sign up, um, and, and get one of those monthly plans, you definitely could, could could make some money and beat Vegas. No doubt. Yeah, so I'll give you I'll give you a quick hitter on that. Um, if if you used our certified picks only, you bet a hundred dollars on the spread for our picks. You bet a hundred dollars on um, on the uh, the over under for our picks, and you bet two hundred dollars on the money line uh, for every game that we give you a certified pick. Um, You'd be up $2,295 this year. Um, a one-year subscription for, uh, for football cost $199. Uh, so decent return on investment there uh, from that perspective. Uh, we've had some down weeks, but we've, we've, never had, uh, we've never had back-to-back down weeks, and we've bounced back pretty, uh, pretty well on weeks that we've been down. We know use, uh, folks are going to use it at their own discretion and bait, you know, trickle out their units how they want, but... Uh, just based on that kind of hypothetical scenario, the returns are, are pretty solid on those certified picks. Thanks for that, Josh. Uh, very interesting, uh, very entertaining, and uh, I wish you and your site uh, continued success. You want to stick around and do some picks? Yeah, if you'll, if you'll have me. Yeah, let's oh, do definitely. it. Well, let's do it. So last week uh, we had Arkansas playing Mississippi State. Coach, you took Arkansas. I took Arkansas. Joey took Arkansas. We all lost. What you think about that? Did you see the end of, the end of, the, of that game, by the way? Saw the hole. Yep. Huh? Yep. That was that was that was pretty bad. That was pretty sad. Yep. Uh, LSU Ole Miss uh, last week. You and I took LSU. Joey took Ole Miss. Joey was the winner, winner chicken dinner. We got uh, OU versus who is who is this OU? Who was the first OU we had, Coach? Let me look. Is that the Oklahoma Baylor? Yeah, Oklahoma, I mean, that, uh, Oklahoma TCU? and TCU. All right, we all took Oklahoma on that one, Coach. We all win a winner chicken dinner. And then we had another OU on here. Who was this second OU? Got to be Ohio State, Michigan State. Oh, Ohio State, Michigan State. We all missed that one. The world missed that one. Yeah, the world missed that one. We ain't doing too good this week, Coach. Uh, Utah. Versus UCLA, we all took Utah. We all lost. I tried to give them one more chance. And then the last one, we had Michigan versus Penn State. We all took Michigan. And we all got the joke. Joey won three games this week. Coach, you and I won two games this week. We didn't do too well this week, but we need to bounce back. You got another opportunity to bounce back this week. Let's get into the picks for this week. Well, let's go. Uh, let's go. We got where we at? Where we at? Where we at? We got Baylor versus TCU. Who you got? Uh, Art Browns. Baylor. They play like they played Saturday. They'll be all right. I'm rolling with Baylor. Like TCU, Trayvon Boykin's back. Um, should be able to turn around a little bit. And I think uh, I think uh, I think Baylor's gonna have trouble. Uh, uh, keeping up the momentum. I would be interested. Is it too early for your picks for this week? 
It is. Okay. They come out on Tuesdays. Oh, they come out on Tuesdays. That's good to know. I'm going to take Baylor. All right, uh, let's roll with it. Let's go. We got uh, we got Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Who you got, Coach? I got Oklahoma State. Hashtag dream killer. I'm going with Gundy to put it all together and beat OU big game ball goes down again. I want to talk about next week these coaches, but I don't think Gundy will be at OK State next next year. But we can talk about that next week on next week's show. But I don't think Gundy's going to be there. Who you got, Josh? I like Oklahoma. Uh, actually, just like Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State. I like the fighting Baker Mayfields. I'm with you. I'm going with Oklahoma. So I'm going to roll with Oklahoma. Uh, let's go with Notre Dame versus Stanford. This is going to be a very interesting game. Who you got? I'm going with the trees. <laughs> Hashtag dream killer. You gonna roll with this hashtag all week? Who you got? Uh, who you got? This is this is this is Notre Dame's opportunity to show me that they tough enough. This is my opportunity to prove to everyone that Coach and I weren't trying to team up on uh, on tight. I've got Notre Dame, so it's three for three. <laughs> you going you going with Notre Dame? I got Notre Dame there. I'm going Notre Dame too. All right, uh, we got Arkansas Ole Miss. Who you got? Howdy, Toddy. Gosh, oh my. Who you got? I think Arkansas plays Missouri this weekend, right? Ole Miss plays Mississippi State. Ah, did I, did I put that down wrong? Yeah, I did put that in there wrong. That should be Missouri. Check that. Good catch. Arkansas, uh, Mississippi State, uh, Missouri, who you got? Oh, man. Arkansas, man. That's a good catch. I wrote it down in uh, on the site wrong. Who you, and you got, we all got Arkansas. Uh, we're gonna go with some of these. We're not gonna do. I'm gonna go. We're gonna do two more. Uh, who you want? You want Florida State? You want Texas A&M? Or you want Ole Miss? Who, who, which one? Which game you want to pick? Let's go Texas A&M. All right, who you got? I got A&M. You got Texas A&M playing LSU. I got Texas A&M beating LSU. Seat's getting hot. It's getting hot. hot in the, the Mad Hatter. I got I got A&M as well. Yeah, I think I think I think the team done gave. I think last week is. I think this last this past weekend you saw LSU pretty much gave. But I think you guys right as much as I hate to say it, uh, but I think Arbor should start there to put the full court press on this miles today. I'm going in there. Hey, I, on that topic, go go look up JD Walton. Yeah, that's about when uh, Fournette's productivity started to, to fade. Was when Walton got injured. Uh, he's the fullback that uh, Fournette followed through the Definitely. through the line. Yep, yep, yep. I know the. That's I, that's pretty crazy. Fullback is the, the most underappreciated position on the field, and for it to be as important as it seems to be in this scenario. But you talking to two guys? You talking to two guys that understand that position because we had a guy that played for Auburn. He was an All American. Uh, now he's playing for the Houston Texans. Jay Prashu. We saw the decline in, in, in our rushing game when that guy when that guy left specifically this year. Not yeah. the experience at that position. So we definitely understand the significance and the importance of, of that position. Got the last pick of the week. Coach. What's up? We gotta say a lot about this one. 
War Eagle Road Tide, who you got? Well, um, trying to be a, bi- a non-biased member of this podcast I've given Alabama, you know, more more props than I ever have in my entire life. And uh, at this point in time, you know, uh, in the spirit of hashtag dream killer and for, um, in the spirit of, of all things holy in Auburn and, and the Jim Fights of the world and, and all the late greats, uh, war damn equal to the day I die. Who you got, Josh? This would probably be the demise of my appearances on the show. Uh, I got the tie. This is probably the best Alabama defense since Saban's been there. If not, you know, but, you know, comparable to the the Mount Cody defense. And these guys are uh, a whole lot of pros. So it's uh, I, I think it's going to be a tough one. I hope for your guys' sake I'm wrong for what it's worth. I can't argue with Josh, you, you, Josh. You just said something that that all America is going to be saying all week. The great yep. defense that Nick Saban has ever had, better than Mount Cody, known as what we have called the Great Wall of Tuscaloosa, the front seven that those guys have. Um, you know, if Coach was to send out a message, uh, as he does weekly, he would probably – Talk about how great this defense is and how great Nick Saban is as a propeller. But if you could see what I had on today, if you could see me live, uh, I would take the Alabama Crimson Tide mascot, the elephant. I would attempt to put it on, then I would throw it to the ground, stump on it. I might even do the nay-nay on it. And say, not so fast, my friend. Because tonight, I'm rolling with the Auburn Tigers and the War Damn Eagles. War Tigers. Um, was that dramatic enough for you in my Lee Corso attempt? No doubt. Did a good job, my brother. Coach, tell us about uh, Coach, tell us about Avacar. Avacar, hey, we got everything you need. Um, whatever you're trying to do, um, health-wise, Avacar is there for you. Um, uh, Oliver. Uh, we'll be up on Instagram uh, if you got any questions www.advocare at gmail at gmail.com um, I got your supplies oh definitely hit them up I've been on Advocare for for about 20 days now seeing the results coach um, was in the gym today uh, throwing up uh, 240, uh, getting, getting, getting my weight back up, hitting these weights and, and, and doing some cardio. So seeing the results, Coach, um, and, and, and I do support and I do acknowledge that Advocare does provide results. Um, so i like to second, Coach, if you're interested in the 20, uh, 24-day challenge that I'm uh, about to wrap up right before Turkey Day, um, I definitely recommend it. So um, shout out to Coach and to the 24-day challenge in Africa. Josh, uh, tell the people one last time about uh, about Odds Hacker. Yeah, uh, Odds Hacker, uh, you're going to get sports analytics driven toward uh, productive uh, and consistent uh, betting returns uh, for major sporting events. Uh, 
go to www.oddshacker.com. Um, win yourself money. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And Josh, again, appreciate you joining the show. This is D1 Sports Talk Podcast. We are the number one sports talk podcast, not only in the South, but ESPN listens to us. They mimic us. They copy us. But there will never be a better sports talk podcast than D1 Sports Talks and Sports and Entertainment. Uh, follow us on Instagram, D1 Sports Talk Podcast. Uh, follow us on, on our blog site, D1 Sports Talk uh, podcast.blogspot.com D1, that's the number one sports talk podcast.blogspot.com and always shoot us an email at D1 Sports Talk uh, podcast at gmail.com D1 Sports Talk podcast at gmail.com We are home to the New South Movement uh, Listen to a, a number of our other podcasts on this network the New South Movement Network uh, we got free lunch podcast on this new New South Movement Network. We're building, we're growing. We got the girl uh, talk podcast coming up. Uh, we got some other ones in the works, so we're excited about what we're doing over here. And we are out of here. I am your boy Tight, that is Coach, and we got Josh, the founder of Arts Hacker, with us. We are out of here. Peace.